Hello and welcome. I'm Jasper, and this is the PB and Jcast, where we explore careers, ideas, and authentic conversations. I'm thankful for you investing time to help broaden perspective and joining me in the journey as we appreciate the process of finding and adding value. Welcome to part two, where Mr. G reflects on lessons learned as a teacher and ends with sharing an experience he will never forget. I noticed you mentioned struggling with parents. One、mm. of the biggest struggles when it comes to parents. Parents are amazing. Don't worry, it's anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Most parents are great,、okay. like they're super supportive. But there are, a, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are some parents who, who defend their child too much. They like sometimes students put up two faces. They are one thing at home, one thing at school,、mm. and then they just believe the version of their child is what they see at home all the time.、Mm. Um, and then when something happens at school and you're trying to communicate that information to them,、mm. they kind of find it really difficult to see,、mm. and and the child itself,、um, him or herself, also plays along to that,、mm. and I think they know that their parents will back them,、mm. so then they sort of really push the boundaries when they're at school,、um, knowing that their parents are going to fight their battles with them when push comes to shove, sort of thing. So yeah, some of those can be difficult. Yeah, just some parents aren't supportive of policies, which is a bit odd because, like, when they sign up to the school, they've agreed to these all all these policies. Yeah. But then when you pointed it out, like, hey, this isn't supposed to be happening, it actually says so here. They kind of like, why is it such a big deal? It's only blah blah blah. It's only this issue. But then it's kind of like that's not really the point. The point is, you know, we've got an agreement here. Mm. Um, and then, like, what does that teach your children? If yeah, that's just from my view. That's kind of frustrating dealing with some parents.、Mm. Mm. What do you think? More parents would you would like more parents to know that would make your life easier? Or, you know, make that relationship more amicable.、Mm. I think, yeah, like I said, most parents are very, very lovely. Like, especially at this time of year, you really get that feeling of appreciation from them、mm. um, when things are wrapping up at the end of the year. So in that sense, I、By、think this is December. Hopefully, I release <laughs> it within like a week or two. <laughs> yeah. So、most、in that、people. sense, I think I don't have an issue with most parents. With all parents, I would say it's just minor, minor issues that I wouldn't say ruins the working environment or relationship. It's just it's just a little bit frustrating.、Mm. But to answer your question, what was the question again? <laughs> Very good, very good teacher. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay. What could parents do to make things easier for you? What would you appreciate when it comes to you know my kid, my kids like this at home, but you're saying this?、Mm. I think a level of real transparency would help because I think it's a cultural thing as well. Because I'm finding there's a bit of a difference in different cultures with how they interact with you and how they see you. As a teacher, as a teacher, as an outsider, or yeah, both. Like、oh, okay. yeah, because some of them like really value、um, education and teachers.、Mm. Yeah, those are the parents that tend to be very supportive in what you're trying to do,、mm. and they can even if they might not necessarily agree,、um, they can kind of see it and kind of enforce it as well. Anyway, because yeah, like I said, this. Students have done the wrong thing, for example,、mm. for like a minor thing, but it's still the wrong thing.、Mm. Like for example, uniform. Okay, like such a minor thing, but our school policy is if you've got a u- wrong uniform, you get a detention, which is like you, you sit in a room for lunch. 
yeah, for some parents, even getting that, they're like, they're super upset that like students, their children are getting detentions for like, their shoes aren't the right color. Like minor thing, but it's still a breach of policy. And I get that sometimes it's, it's just like, it's just shoes. Why does it matter? Mm. I, I totally get that. But at the same t- time, it's, it's not about the shoes. It's about the principle. Yeah, it's about the principle. It's about what we're trying to teach these kids gotcha. um, about discipline and about, yeah, just following through with a set of conditions that they have agreed to when they've agreed to come to this place. Yep. Yep. And I think that's fair as well because you're not just trying to teach them like a curriculum. You're trying mm. to prepare them for university or the mm. workplace or whatever is next as well. Yeah. yeah. And would you, because you've worked both in public and the private sector, hey? Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is, because right now you're in a private school? Yep. Probably should have said that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Do you think this is more of a private school uh, struggle or both? Yeah, definitely private school struggle. Yeah. What about for public school? So I've only done public in as a relief teacher. Okay. And obviously I went to a public school when I was in high school myself. And definitely not a streak because, yeah, it's through with the, well... That is, if you, if you can send your kids to private schools, mm. um, the expectations are a little bit higher in terms of uniform, for example. Whereas, you know, public schools, as you can probably imagine, it's like in terms of uniform, there's not much that you need to abide by. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so before I ask you bad questions, we we're talking about dinner, dinner parties earlier on. What better questions could people give you? that would make the conversation more interesting instead of like you feel like you're repeating yourself? I think why people get into teaching, I guess. Because okay. everyone's got their own different story. Story, yeah. yeah. Um, just with any profession. Yeah. I think that's a question that will go pretty well with any profession. Because mm. yeah, like I said, um, a lot of people have different motives and different stories and mm. different motivations into getting a particular field. Mm. So I think that will really open up the conversation mm. to, yeah, to a different degree. Mm. Mm. On that note, any other uh, reason as to why that you want to expound on? You mentioned that you enjoyed not being nine to five and whatnot. Yeah. Is there any anything else that you want to mention in that regard? You don't have to. The holidays are pretty good. <laughs> Complain. Right, I guess we're we're talking about all the the, <laughs> the the pain points of the admin, the dealing of kids, the conflict resolution, the software. And we're painting quite a negative uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outlook. I guess now we can look at the good things. <laughs> I would say it's negative. It's just yeah. Every every workplace has yeah. Every workplace has its difficulties and yeah. Um, yeah, those are just the 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 challenges I guess of teaching and yeah, you're gonna find challenges everywhere, every yeah. workplace, and I think that's normal. Yeah, and I'm I'm grateful you're sharing that as well because this podcast is about having a real genuine insight. It's not mm. about trying to sell you a course, but um, university degrees, if you do want to sponsor me, just uh, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> uh, what does it look like then, now that we've kind of known why you do it, the holidays? and Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does it look like? Is it mainly admin? Is it a mixture of everything you've kind of mentioned? So well, the last four years I've been doing, I was like a classroom, classroom teacher. So mm. a lot of teaching. Obviously, some admin because you still have to, like I said, communicate with or keeping all these parents up to date or in the loop, I guess. Mm. So the new role that I'm going into next year will be more admin intensive, not so much with parents, but more so with other schools and other like sporting organizations to try and organize stuff with them. 
um, like competitions and different sports and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So different kind of admin, but I guess that's that's how it is in most industries. Eh? The more you go into supervisory and yeah. management positions, mm. it's less hands-on, so to speak. In yeah, definitely. Coordination. And I think we had this chat a few months ago where kind of asking like how high up we want to go in yeah. our fields. And I was mentioning to you that I don't know how I feel about going up because there'll be more admin and I enjoy the teaching side of things. Yeah. But yeah, when this opportunity came up, it was it was really exciting. And yeah, I, I didn't feel burdened by the admin side as much. <laughs> I might change my mind once I start doing it <laughs> next year. But stop, stop at this listening. point in time, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. I think it's a natural progression of things mm. where it wasn't something that you were just disillusioned by and you yeah. really wanted to, but it was kind of just an oh, opportunity came out and it turns out oh, it's actually something that you were willing to explore. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was just like a few months ago, a few weeks ago where you were like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you're like, actually, yeah. yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Aside from what you've already mentioned, are there any other the most painful points in terms of working as a teacher? Painful points? Mm. Um, the marking isn't fun, mm. especially exams. Like I'm pretty lucky actually that I was only doing the middle school. So the lower age groups and some like general year 11 and 12 stuff. Mm. So the marking wasn't as bad, but I know some other teachers that are doing like English or like ATAR courses and yeah, they're taking like hours and hours out of school time to mark. So that's quite tough, especially if you've got young families in the house and Things like that going on. Yeah, so like I said, I'm pretty fortunate that I um, haven't been around that sort of expectations just mm. because of the nature of my job. Mm. Yeah, the expectations on the marking are a lot higher as well because obviously it has to be comparable with all the other papers around. Difficult, difficult job and very time-consuming. What would you think is the trade-off then? Why do people, why would teachers want to do the ATAR subjects? Um, like a passion for their field. Okay. Like I know the teachers that are doing ATAR at our school, like genuinely love the subjects. Like mm. they're happy to talk about it like in their own time. Okay. So I think, <laughs> so I think, yeah, they just love sharing that knowledge and sharing that excitement with their students. Yeah. So like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say they <laughs> like love the marking because <laughs> I don't think they do, but I think it's it's yeah it's a worthwhile trade off mm. for them to yeah. for most of the year be able to really get these kids excited about their um, passion yeah okay no, that's interesting and what like and aside from the the lit holidays mm. um, which I'm very jealous of <laughs> most people are I know <laughs> what what other pros would you say what's the best part about your job best part it's gonna sound cheesy but. I just like the. I feel like teaching is a very self-satisfying job. Yeah, once you see like a kid gets a concept or like feel valued, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, it 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 feels amazing, and I know it's probably selfish, but yeah, it's it's a really um, wonderful job to 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 get that kind of feedback from the students and. I think that's why I enjoy it so much because it's it's hands-on and you're constantly getting feedback from them. Um, and yeah, just seeing them grow, especially I've got, I started off with like a year eight 
like form class, I think it's what it's called. Um, to most things, our school calls it a form class. Mm. And then, yeah, to to have them rise up through the ranks until you're 12 and seeing them develop into these young men and women, it's a pretty cool thing to see. Mm. And, yeah. I, I find it uh, interesting, but I've, I've heard it before how you call it selfish. I think it's quite ironic, though, that you're doing something that is quite selfless as for someone else mm. but even though you you genuinely get joy from it you feel that it's selfish i, I just mm. found that interesting yeah right? i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> why i not on top of learning and teaching i heard you mention that you really enjoy it when they feel valued mm. why is that because i get it i get it as a teacher you know yeah. like this is my job mm. i want to teach them this thing i they learned it yeah i did my job mm. but why why being valued why does that also bring you joy? Like, I think my philosophy has always been if all I teach them is only science um, or like how to kick a soccer ball, whatever it is, how to serve in badminton, I think I've failed okay. um, because I think there's so much more to teach than that. Like, I think, yeah, those the curriculum is important, but I think part of our role is also to impart knowledge on like life. And um, I work in a Christian school, so... Yeah. Yeah, if all I've taught them is the curriculum, I think I'm doing them a huge injustice because mm. I feel like, yeah, I have to like impart the knowledge of the word to them mm. and just life in general. Mm. I think that's just as important, if not more important than, you know, the curriculum and the book stuff. Mm. Yeah, I feel like, as, yeah, I guess society really values and the education system really values that aspect because mm. you can you can gather them in stats and it looks good on your school when you report it. But yeah, I think the other parts are equally as important as well because like once the kids are done 10 years from now, like you're now out of high school for a while, mm -hmm. like do you even remember what you learned as much or what your ATAR T score is? Um, what you probably remember is how you felt at school, right? And I think that's important. I think I think more most teachers need to have that, and they probably do. Mm. Where do you draw the line then? I think it's I think as of please correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but being from a Christian school makes it easier for you to have a set of values in which you can impart. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to a public school mm -hmm. or when something isn't written out in regulation, mm -hmm. where do you draw that line between? I want to impart my perspective and where you know i don't know like this yeah is, there's no real that's a very tricky question so i think as far as i know in the public system you're not allowed to i don't know i don't know if it's not allowed to or i know it's definitely highly discouraged mm. to share anything about like your, your faith beliefs. or your beliefs mm. um which is kind of a shame i guess um but you definitely for those guys it's a completely different dynamic and different set of expectations i guess mm. so i guess they can still do that but more in a application or definitely taking focus more on the application side rather than this is what it is you know whereas um in a christian school we can kind of really delve into the bible more and then go all right so this is how you apply it this is what it looks like in context in the real world context I guess, yeah, you can just be more explicit with it compared to in a public school where you kind of have to be very, very careful with how you do this because mm. you can get you into a lot of trouble. Mm. Well, fair enough. Mm. I guess now, now that you mentioned, yeah, you have, so you do have some sort of 
objective framework as to where you're getting your values from mm. and that that helps as well and, and is it is that encouraged in your school definitely yeah okay yeah so our school really prides um itself on that aspect that's interesting and mm. i guess um what about because I'm, I'm sure that not every student or parents uh, are christian that mm-hmm. go to your school what about the ones who aren't how do you do you find it more difficult to to interact or to share those? Um, yeah, you'd think so, but like the students at our school are very respectful. Okay. Well, I think they know the expectations are yeah, this is going to happen. Like mm. you're probably going to be hearing a lot about, mm. about the Bible and yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, like a, this is a school and surprise it's Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they have an interview where they get explained all this stuff and what's going to happen. So mm. they kind of have to agree to those sets of, points mm. to actually get accepted okay um and that includes the parents so the parents know that even if they're muslim or buddhist or whatever mm. their their children are going to be exposed to the bible and god's word but i think if they're willing to enroll their students in a christian school anyway they they want their children to be taught those values maybe not necessarily become a christian but they value the principles that that's going to get passed on to them mm. and that kind of makes it easier because you know they're, they're receptive to it yeah and even if it's not like it's a trade-off that is clearly worthwhile for them if not mm. they wouldn't have sent it. yeah exactly yeah and it's not like they have no choice because it's a private school so actually yep. it'll cost them more money as well yeah interesting i, I always found that something mm. interesting because some people complain i remember uh there was this colleague of mine that complained about oh why do i have to be Catholic or Christian to go to, to submit my child to this school mm. or why do I have to agree to this? But I always found it curious because it, no one was forcing that person to actually submit them to that school. Yeah. So they must value something that the school is offering. Mm. But yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do you find that in your opinion, they value the education more or do you think that the, the values are of the school and biblical values do that plays a part as well. Um, yeah, that definitely highly plays a part. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't call our school as, you know, like a heavyweight in the academic fields. Like we're a small sample size. We don't get many students. Yeah. Considering the area where we're from as well. Mm. Um, we don't really get, we do well for a school our size. Mm. Um, comparatively speaking to other schools um, that's kind of in the same category as us, mm. but we're never going to compete academically with like mm. um, just the, the area, I guess, and, and the programs and the resources. So yeah, what we do well is that relationship aspect and, mm. and yeah, the biblical aspect. And mm. I think parents really value that. And yeah, there are a lot of them where their kids could so easily get into like an extension or a gate program um, elsewhere, but, the decision is tough for them because they really do value that aspect of our school. Wow, knowing that, yeah, they're gonna their kids probably gonna expel more academically in a gate program, but you know you lose that relationship aspect because yeah we're a small school so we know each other pretty well. Students know all the teachers pretty well. Teachers know the students all pretty well. Whereas you know like I went to public school, I graduated with a class of what three hundred or four hundred. Mm. Like it's impossible to have relationships with, like it's so you can easily get lost amongst the crowd there, mm. and yeah, you just lose that pastoral care aspect a lot more in a bigger school. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not to knock on public schools. No, definitely not. But it's just, you know, like we're, always, we're mentioning earlier, there's always that trade-off, hey? Yeah. And yeah, yeah every, every parent, every child has their priorities, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, it's not necessarily saying one is better than the other. It's just what the, whatever the student needs and the environment that they will excel better in, right. either one or the other. I guess you just clarified an assumption of mine, which wasn't true. And as a transition to the next question, yeah, what's that? <laughs> what other assumptions do you think um, there are about you or your job that you can demystify? Or what, what was your assumption that you're talking about? I guess like I, I assumed that a lot of people would value the educational aspect, especially mm. in terms of the because you you know you're teaching from a Christian school, mm. I would have assumed that non-Christian families and and parents mm. wouldn't really value that side of things, and they would rather just give them go the, to the school that. And I'm I'm, I'm sure this is obviously not a blanket rule to mm. everyone, but you speaking from first-hand experience, mm. just I guess you know clarified that assumption for me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, what what other assumptions do you reckon? <laughs> That teachers get too much holidays. Yeah, I think yeah we do get a lot of holidays, but um, like I said, some teachers spend hours and hours and hours like marking out of school time, mm. and that's on top of like lesson planning and yeah, the expectations amongst like different levels of teachers are very different, mm. and it's all of them are just about as equally time consuming, mm. I think, as to one another. Like in primary school, they spend a lot of time prepping, like I'd imagine, like cutting and pasting and just making things really interactive like, yeah, interactive and ready for their classes, which takes ages. And um, sometimes you have to spend your own money even depending on like the environment or the school that you're in. And obviously yeah, the higher up you get, you get more marking and like, I don't know, in my role next year with sport, like I'm expected to do a lot of after hours and before hours, um, before official hours anyway, just doing like sports training and all that stuff mm. um, and going to tournaments and carnivals. So, yeah, I guess that's the trade-off. Like, it can get a bit hectic during certain sections of the year. Mm. But then, yeah, you do get a long holiday in between those terms. Like, I think it's justifiable for um, the environment that we're in. Mm. Mm. And the type of work that you guys do, like you were mentioning earlier on, and hopefully this isn't too going back here, there, yeah. here, there. But you were saying how, you know, this... 80 students and times that by by two, sometimes one, sometimes if it's separated, that's four mm. different parents, right? Mm. And having to have all these different different individuals in mind and how you deal with that is quite exhausting itself. Yeah, it's like, it's also emotionally exhausting sometimes because, mm. yeah, you, you're, you're listening to, you talk to problems sometimes that, mm. I think as a teacher, people come to you a lot of people come to you for advice, like students come to you to advice, parents come to you to advice sometimes mm. about things you're totally not qualified for. Mm. But then because you are that person in that environment that they've come to, you kind of have to, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to answer their questions, but at least you have to care. Mm. And some, and that, that, that can be draining emotionally to just hear these problems and stories for, you know, a whole term mm. um, on top of the, your own stuff that you might have going on in your own list. Mm. So yeah, that can be quite tough. And that, again, that depends on the teacher. I know like some colleagues who really take it hard um, when, when these things are presented to them because they take everything on board. And so 
yeah, it's 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 tiring in a lot of aspects. Mm. Yeah. How do you deal with that then? Yeah, I think I deal with it quite well. Um, <laughs> like I said, some people really take it to heart, and sometimes you know you get some pretty nasty parents and um, comments, and yeah, it's very easy to take those things to heart and um, be a baggage. But I just see it as you know, it's at the end of the day, it's it's a workplace, and you know I don't want to be bringing those things home. You know, like I'll deal with it as best as I can in the workplace. Mm. And yeah, but I don't like work is work and I, I don't want to carry those home because I don't want work to affect like my private, my happy place, I guess, at home. <laughs> Not to say that you can't be happy at work. <laughs> no, no, I'm very happy at work. <laughs> it's just a happier place. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, interesting. I think that's it. At one, when was like, I guess, you know, we're talking about crazy stories earlier mm. on and we will get but do you remember when that hit you the most? I guess that emotional burden or baggage or mm. you just felt that drainage. When was the first time I really felt it? Oh, yeah. Or the worst time. Either one. Probably like the first year in. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as you build positive relationships with parents, sometimes like I think it's good that they feel comfortable enough to open up to you yeah. sometimes it's about stuff totally unrelated or totally like inappropriate mm. to some extent okay. like could be, i know i've had a parent come to me uh, just ranting about their marriage mm. whereas you know i'm there for their her, like her son like mm. i can't really help him help her with her marriage but yeah that's you know you just hear these things and mm. you kind of and they're expecting you your input sometimes mm. whereas like something you just don't feel comfortable most of the times you don't feel comfortable about adding to these things because i just feel it's not my place yeah yeah so yeah that happened in the first year and that was that was tough kind of like you're just a person that they're ranting to and they expect some sort of response whereas like i don't know the context i don't know the husband or the wife or whatever it is um yeah so it's tough to navigate those environments, I guess, for me. How how do you navigate it? Or how did you navigate it? Um, trying to stay as neutral as possible. Yep. Trying to be as um, explicit as possible, saying that, like, I'm totally not qualified to give you advice mm. in this area. Like, if you don't talk about your son or your daughter, yes, and, like, how your marriage or your issues or whatever it is, are affecting them like I'm all ears, but some I think just trying to really shift their focus back to issues that are affecting their child. Okay, and yeah, and sometimes that can be tough. Fair enough. Uh, thanks for sharing that. By the yeah. way, <laughs> yes. What do you think is like the most common issue that a student will have? Yeah, parental problems. I'd say parental problems. Yeah, whether that's broken homes or broken marriages or sometimes even abuse, mm. um, which is, yeah, you know, we have to deal with it in different ways mm. and that can be quite tough and kind of have to feel for the child as well. Mm. Yeah. Just trying to give them both sides the support that they need um, or point them to the right people, I guess is a better way. Mm. Um, that's what I do. We've got chaplains and people way more qualified to counsel mm. um, than myself. So, yeah, that's what I try and do. 
Mm. Yeah, right. Well, for people that obviously don't know this man, he he's a very cheery guy, so he definitely keeps it all together somehow. <laughs> <laughs> really, I think it's the first time I've ever like seen you or heard you talk about this really? side of the of talk. Yeah, right. I think you've like maybe mentioned it in like a yeah. in a pun or a one liner, <laughs> but actually like sharing about it, you know. I can be professional, see. Uh, you are. You are very professional. Clearly, to get a to get a job promotion that quick as well. <laughs> uh, I just kind of fell on to my lap, to be honest. But... <laughs> Thank God for that, then. Yeah. What about for yourself then? Because you say like the biggest troubles is when all this happens. Do you have your own places? Like, do you have the, your own support as a teacher, like chaplains or whatnot? Yeah, yeah. So we have access to the chaplain's hall. So I don't know if many people do go to this person for counselling or advice, personally anyway, in a personal level. So professionally, definitely, um, we get in contact with this person to like talk about students or parents or whatever it is. But I don't know if many people actually go to this person for personal counselling or personal advice. Okay. But I know they are available. <laughs> I just feel people are just not comfortable with that, knowing that it's a colleague. Yeah. I think they'd rather just go. Right, we're hitting the, the one hour mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I guess it. we'll end with all the big questions. Cool. So biggest thing you've learned of in the past few years? Biggest thing? Our most valuable lesson. Most valuable. Professionally and or not. Good question. I think there's this... So many. Let me just try and think. Which I think networking is a big one. Okay. Yeah, it's just like I'm not the most social person out there, but like just putting yourself out there and and just engaging with people in your field, I think it's really beneficial um, for yourself, both professionally and personally as well. Because it it's I think teaching is a very requires a lot of self reflection to improve. Um, and part of self-reflection, I feel, is looking at not only yourself, obviously, but um, how other people do things and how you how you can do things better and compare what they're doing to yourself. Mm. So find that really um, a great tool to improve. Mm. Yeah, and obviously the opportunities that you come across just by knowing people, it's, it's unreal. Mm. Like that's how I got involved in um, this particular school mm. in the first place. It's just through... Kind of knowing people and yeah, it's highly, highly underrated, I feel. And I wish I knew about this when I was in uni and <laughs> probably would have put myself out there a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I guess it's a very used and maybe overused saying, but it must be true. It's not what you know who you know, hey? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, speaking of improvement, mm. in since you started till now, where do you think you've improved? I think just my general pedagogy, so like teaching practice. Okay. And it probably sounds like the is most... That a, is that a proper word, pedagogy? Yeah. Sorry, I, I never yeah. heard of that. That's, Interesting. that's, no, that's cool, just cool. a fancy word for the teaching practice. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, just really appreciating... I think what comes with experience is knowing how to read the kids mm. and how they respond to like activities and tasks. Mm. So... Like our school and particularly my department that was in um, for the last couple of years is, are really big on like practical stuff and games and 
doing really hands-on activities rather than like, you know, your old school way of like reading a text, reading a PowerPoint, writing stuff down, answering questions, doing quizzes, that sort of thing. So we're trying to move away from that type of um, activities and more towards like projects and playing games with specific educational outcomes. Yeah, so I found that's not only helps with like engagement because the kids generally enjoy it more. Um, it also helps with like performance wise. They just get it more because I think they can relate concepts with tasks, with like specific tasks that they've done in class. So I think that helps them going forward with, you know, whatever it is, assessments that they're doing. So yeah, that's, I think that's my biggest part that I've improved when I start off as a grad, cool. but obviously next year it's going to look very different with teaching sport. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> what would you wish if you had a time machine, tell, tell Gary four years ago before you start? Another good question. Might have to edit this part. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I reckon... Yeah, I reckon the networking thing. Like, I really find that super valuable. Yeah. And just with other schools because, like I said, you might get placed in a situation or doing a subject where you have, like, no idea or it's a brand new subject completely that your school haven't done before. Um, just knowing someone that has been gone through that in the past, from whether that's from another school um, it's just really beneficial because I think people are generally willing to share and people are generally willing to help. So yeah, the more you know, the more like access to resources you have actually, I guess, like human resource, mm. I guess is very important. And yeah, I wish I knew that a bit younger because yeah, then, like I said, would have put myself out there a little bit more. And what about, what would you like future Gary to know five ten years from now something to not forget probably like what the education landscape would be yeah because it's it's changing very very quickly um and at different rates but it's all changing um especially with you know COVID and I think that really opened up the eyes of many industries um education being one of them as to how things could be done okay um and yeah, that'll be interesting to know if if anything comes out of that in the future. And, and also in terms of like assessments, because there's a lot of controversy with regards to standardized testing and all that stuff. I don't know if you know much about it. Um, but yeah, I just wonder if there will ever be a way of assessing fairly, not through standardized testing, if that makes sense. Mm. Like a subjective yeah. test, but then how do you make it objective? Yeah, like kind of individualized, but mm. sustainable because like it's impossible to write an individualized assessment for each student because that would take an insane amount of resource and, and bring and it time. back together to standardize it as well. Yeah, and make it all comparable. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be interesting to, to see if that will ever be achieved or... Yeah what would be a substitute for like standardized testing, like ATAR we have now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting. Bold prediction of the future. Definitely a lot more online stuff. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think a lot of schools notice that it can be done mm. uh, just like many other industries. Um, I think there will be some schools who will be keen to implement a lot of stuff that was done 
during that period of time where we stayed at home and did online classes and things like that. Yeah, some sort of hybrid model, I'm guessing. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting definitely a higher use of technology in like all fields of education, whether that's like D&T, sport, whatever it is. Okay. So, but more like quick fire questions, like, sorry, like this is how it's kind of just shooting questions at you. Hopefully you don't yeah. feel like you're being interro- no, interrogated. No, it's fun. It's fun, man. What about, interesting prediction, what about a student? If, if there was a high schooler or some somebody that just... Because sometimes it's easy to hear something from a third party, even though mm. it's a stranger over the internet, over yeah. Spotify or whatnot. What would you like a... What would you like to tell a high school student that is struggling? I think, like, just know that high school isn't the one and all. Mm. Like, high school is just a segment or a period of time in people's lives. And... Yeah, it's so easy to get fixated on grades and results. You know, when when teachers are driving that, parents are driving that, your friends are super competitive and driving that as well. And then you might not necessarily um, be able to reach that bar. Mm. But yeah, people have different gifts and these students have different gifts and some of them are gifted academically and will thrive in school. Some of them will find their success later on in life. Mm. Um, so yeah, just take heart and... Just make the most of the time that they have in school or whatever situation that they might find in instead of just really wallowing in it and, you know, counting down the days until it's done, you know, because mm. I don't think that's productive and, yeah, just make the most of things. Mm. I'm going to flip that and would you tell the same thing or would you tailor it to stri- uh, thriving in high school? Someone thriving? Mm. Yeah, well, for someone thriving, like, keep doing it because whatever they're doing, it's working and they're gifted in academics, for example. And, yeah, they really should demand ways from the system or from their teachers to to extend themselves and really challenge themselves. Yeah. Okay. And I think um, I'll rephrase this question. If you could teleport... 10, 20 years time to yourself mm. and you can't actually hear from them, but you can speak to them. Yeah. What's something you would want to say to them or remind them of? So in the future? Yeah. In the future. I think like remind them why getting into this field in the first place yeah. and like the original excitement or joys that you've got from the job. Because I'm sure like in 40 years time, I might have a different outlook. I might like be really jaded and like cynical. I don't, I hope I'm not. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a really nice reminder to, yeah, to just go back to the very beginning when you're still like this green, fresh, excited um, young person. Yeah, and just really remind them that this was how you felt about the job before. And like, there's no reason why you can't be the way it is. Oh, it was. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit bleak, but it's true. No, it's good. I think that's really good. <laughs> I think it's true. Most people think that they're going to be jaded and, and cynical. Yeah. Where do you think you'll see yourself in 10 years professionally? Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you because like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the admin side of things mm. and I very much like being on the front lines. But then, like I said, also, when this opportunity came up, which 
comes with a lot of admin um, side of things. Like I was very excited to get on board with it. So who knows, um, I might change my mind. I might actually grow to love the admin side. I might hate it even more and never go back and just be a classroom teacher again. Mm. But yeah, I'm not too sure exactly. We'll, we'll have to see. No, fair enough. Yeah. One thing you're grateful for this year? Um, I think just the people that have been brought into my life and the relationships that I have grown this year with people. Mm. I think, yeah, everyone's just really fed into the emotional health, physical health and spiritual health of myself. And mm. I think that's helped to thrive at work and also thrive personally. So mm. yeah, super grateful for the people that have entered and or stayed or developed in my life this mm. year. And one thing you're looking forward to next year. Yeah. Just to see how I go with this role and yeah. just really trying to reach these kids through sport. Mm. Cause it's, yeah, that's where my passion is. Um, and like I've experienced firsthand the benefit of sport. So yeah, just trying to impart some of that excitement and that feeling into these kids will be awesome because I'm guessing the kids that are going to be involved in these programs, a lot of them, I wouldn't say a lot of them, but um, a number of them wouldn't, wouldn't be the kids that find a lot of success in the classroom. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to, to be able to see them um, and encourage them um, in a field where they can experience more success. Cool. Mm. One thing that you are working on or want to? I've got to say, probably using this software. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much. And you sound like an old man, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just so much to it. It's, yeah. And just being able to keep track of different things that are expected to be used in this software. Yeah. Um, yeah, just get, really getting on top of that uh, because at the moment it's kind of like I still do all of them, but it's not structured. It's kind of like a little bit um, here and there, mm. and it's just causing. It's not the most efficient way of doing things. I feel at this point in time, so just figuring out a, a system or a, an attitude or whatever it is to get a hold of this thing a bit more. All right, uh, and final question because we're hitting the. Um, We'll probably part put this into three parts actually. So, uh, we've we did promise the audience our <laughs> our few audiences, <laughs> but we did say we're gonna. You will end with a crazy story. So, what is the craziest classroom story or teaching story or whatever? Um, probably this like from a relief lesson. So it's just like entering the admin sign on. Um, meeting the principal, I think it was, or yeah, yeah, principal. So he, he was taking me around to like, show me what the school grounds look like, um, where things are. And then this was in the morning, at like 7.30 or eight o'clock, whatever it is. So as soon as I walk out, there's like a kid on the roof and he's just screaming off the top of his head. And I just heard him say the principal's name is a, effing C <laughs> and that was I think that was my second or third like relief school so I was like very green very new <laughs> like that was I think that was my third day of actually working as a teacher wow. so I found that pretty like oh my gosh like this could be and this was in primary school <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even high school I was, I was so, imagining like a year 11 or 12 yeah so I think in my mind I was kind of thinking if 
this is what it's, what primary school could be like. Mm. Um, the high school could be very, very tough. Mm. Yeah, but luckily, um, yeah, this workplace that I'm at now, we don't really students like that. So it's a lot easier <laughs> to to navigate your day-to-day um, practices. Mm. That is that is a welfare story. Um, I would have I would wait for that story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gary, for your time. I really appreciate it. All good. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, not really. I think I said a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary will come and find you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll call it. Catch it. You made it. Thanks for listening. Please do let me know whether you preferred part one or part two. I know there's a bit of a different style between the conversations. Also, it was really good. I really enjoyed uh, this interview with Mr. G because afterwards we end up having deeper conversations as friends as well, and it really helped both of us reflect on things. So yeah. Next up, I'm super excited to release the episode I had with Roland, who's a financial planner. I'd strongly recommend listening, not just because it's my podcast. I found it extremely insightful. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked it, please do share it. I would love to hear your feedback, ideas, and guest requests. Also, reach out if you'd like to share your own journey. You can contact me directly at thepbandjcast at gmail.com, also in the description below. Catch you next time.